Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Two on OSU Big 12 Championship Game Edition for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Not, uh, not what I think. I don't think anybody would have thought back in Week Four, back in Week Three. Uh, certainly not what I thought. But Sam, here we are. Here the Cowboys are. We're gonna get into the game against Texas. How in the world the Cowboys got here? Uh, but first, we're gonna thank some of our sponsors who do such a good job supporting what we do here at Sellout Crowd and on Two on OSU. We have to thank Two Fellas Movers, Mid First Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Oklahoma Ford Dealers, and FireLeakJobs.com. We also want to remind everybody to drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford Dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Sam. BYU game? That was crazy. Yeah, you, you said, uh, <laughs> it, it's funny, you mentioned maybe a lot of folks didn't think Oklahoma State would be there after the Iowa State game, after the South Alabama game, after the UCF game. I'm not so sure I thought Oklahoma State was going to be there in Arlington halfway through the BYU game last week. So um, the Cowboys come back again, come back against a team that they probably shouldn't have been down to again, but um, it's been a part of the Oklahoma State recipe a little bit all season. And uh, they did it again one last time. I can't count them out against Texas. Um, they're an underdog, and I think an underdog for a reason. But we'll get into all that. It has just been a wild ride, Ben. So I'm not ruling anything out from a wild season. I don't know, Sam. There's something about this team. Um, it just feels like deficits don't matter now. And I don't know why that is. At the start of this season, you know, and Mike Gundy told us today at his press conference, Week three, week four, we wouldn't have been able to come back from these kind of deficits. But sitting there in the press box at halftime against BYU, it it didn't feel like the Cowboys were out of it completely. It felt kind of like, well, let's just see what kind of magic Gundy and the Cowboys have this week. I agree. And maybe it was almost on, on BYU a little bit of never striking that complete death blow. And uh, the Cowboys just, they weren't out of it quite yet. And then... That first drive um, for both teams to start the second half, Cowboys, because uh, BYU got the ball, you know, so then you're thinking, okay, it could really get uh, out of hand for the Cowboys here, but Oklahoma State defense forced a three and out, and then the Cowboys went right down the field. And that's when you thought, okay, maybe the Cowboys kind of realize they're playing for another game. They're playing for a Big 12 championship. So it's been clicking in the second half lately. Um, like you said, Ben, last week, before the BYU game, the Cowboys had played one good half in their last four halves of football. And now, if you split that halfway, the Cowboys have kind of played two good halves in their last six halves of football, um, going back to the UCF game. But Oklahoma State, it's been enough. The The Cowboys win the tiebreakers just barely, and now a team that is kind of just middle of the pack statistically in the Big 12. Eighth in total defense, eighth in total offense has made it to Arlington. It's been uh, pretty crazy. I think the only way a team can do that, Sam, can get to the Big 12 championship or, or beat the teams OSU has beaten this season with, as you said, middle of the pack offense and defense statistically in the Big 12 is by making enough winning plays. And that's something that the Cowboys have really done well this last week. I mean, I, I think back to Garrick Martin, the, the safety for the Cowboys going after that onside kick. I think back to Alan Bowman, making a play with his legs, scrambling, getting the ball to Brennan Presley. The Cowboys, it seemed like 
made some winning plays against BYU. Yeah, that Garrick Martin play, I don't even know. I, I certainly didn't catch it uh, watching live, but I'd encourage maybe some fans to go back and watch that play. The onside kick, obviously Martin didn't get the ball, but what he did was he played that, he played that well. A lot of the guys on that side for Oklahoma State, they kind of leaned, took a step as that ball was being booted. Martin didn't. He held his ground, didn't kind of lean and um, take, take off early, and it paid because he immediately sprung after that onside kick and drew the flag. So that was a big play in a game full of big plays where you're focused, probably rightfully so, on Gordon's diving, game-winning touchdown and all that. There were a lot of under-the-radar plays that, um, again, has allowed this team eighth in both statistics on, the, on sides of the ball to win. I, I had the stat pulled up. I, I should say it for the, the folks at home. The, the Cowboys are averaging 30.2 points per game, which is eighth in the Big 12, and then they're allowing 27.3 points per game. So um, I think Texas, Gundy said today, is at like 34 points scored per game and 17 allowed per game. So the, the Longhorns, they've averaged a lot, uh, a lot less close games, and, and that's been evidenced, but um, it's, it's interesting. I feel like, Ben, the roles are a little flipped with – Last year, the Cowboys were kind of that Big 12 team vying for a one-loss season to have a reasonable shot at the playoff. And now two Oklahoma years, Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and now Oklahoma State's kind of playing the role of spoiler, where the Cowboys can be that Baylor. Um, so, a little interesting there. But, yeah, the, the Garrick Martin play was huge. Um, what were the other ones you listed off, Ben? I mean, I think of uh, the one that got brought up today in the press conference. Jaden Nixon lowering the shoulder on fourth yeah. and two. Mike Gundy said they've run that play several times this season and nobody has played it as well defensively as the BYU corner on that play. Mm-hmm. But it was just Jaden Nixon. They, they were almost identical in size. Uh, Jaden Nixon gave up five pounds. Five, five pounds separated those two guys, but Jaden Nixon lowered his shoulder, had the momentum behind him, and was able to convert, and that kept the eventual go ahead, drive alive. I thought that was a huge play. Yeah, I tweeted that play out and people were uh, really liking that. I, I tweeted the video out. Um, and I, I know a couple people said, oh, the, the, the corner, he needed to, to cut Nixon, he needed to go down around the ankles. Um, so maybe, I, and I was trying to watch, I've probably watched that play 30 times now, um, just seeing, and maybe that works, um, maybe it doesn't. But yeah, that was a huge play on, on fourth and two. Another play being that that I think of, and I wrote about this a while back, Brayden Cassidy had a block on Gordon's first overtime touchdown where he took out three BYU, uh, I think it was two linemen and the edge guy that they, or two linebackers and the edge guy. And Cassidy, a fullback, he took out three guys to completely open up the backside and Gordon had a cutback. Um, so, you know, heck, BYU, Scored first in overtime, got that touchdown, and the Cowboys are not in a good spot. But on the touchdown that Oklahoma State tied it back up on, that's a play that I look back on as wow. That was a winning play that doesn't show up on the stats. And maybe that's why you're eighth and eighth. But those were the winning plays that Oklahoma State's made all season um, that Cassidy made on, on that play where great block. And um, it's been something the fullbacks have been in the, the tight ends have been doing all year. I wrote about that. Um, nice. That was not a smooth plug, but go check that story out. I'll probably try to tweet that out too. Well, and hey, how about Brendan Presley's tackle on the fake punt? I mean, yes. that, that field opened up and BYU got that ball. 
to uh, to a defensive lineman, Tyler Batty, like six foot six, two hundred and seventy some pounds, <laughs> and uh, that that's 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 a mismatch on paper. But Brendan Presley somehow got him flipped. Tyler Batty went for the hurdle, which was interesting to see a guy that big go for the hurdle. Maybe he should have just tried to run straight through BP, and he would have had a little bit more success. It, it kind of looked like that guy on a fast break in basketball where. Uh, he goes up for the massive poster and tries to create a highlight, but he gets the charge called on him. Because Brennan, he kind of just took a charge a little bit and brought Batty down with him. Um, but Gundy mentioned that today in, the, in, in his Monday press conference. Uh, Brennan played both sides at Bixby. So he's a, a state champion uh, defensive guy for, for the Spartans too. So um, I guess he hearkened back to that a little bit. Yeah, that was a big play, no doubt. BYU yeah. only scored a field goal on that, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, big play there. So, I mean, those are the moments of just the BYU game where you look like, wow, like OSU can either go to Arlington or not just based on this one game. Um, but but really, the, the season has had a lot of moments like that too, much bigger picture, Sam. I mean, I opened the show talking about how nobody would have thought after week three or week four uh, that the Cowboys would be in this position that they're in now. And we, we listed a, a number of decisions um, from the coaching kind of standpoint and also uh, an in-game moment that we really felt like kind of changed the Cowboys' season. Where, where do you want to start there? Sure. The, the first one is obvious, but the reason we listed it and decided on it as a pivotal moment this season is because it wasn't obvious at the time. The Cowboys went with Alan Bowman. And at the time, the on-field quarterback battle at that point, they'd played three games, just come off the South Alabama game, and the Cowboys go to Ames, and Gordon gets all the snaps, all the all, all the playing time. Or uh, Bowman got all the playing time, rather. Uh, Gordon kind of did, too. But it, at that game, that was September 23rd, and there wasn't a ton of separation. Bowman had been 30 of 52 for 253 yards and one touchdown um, up to that point. But the coaches had a vision. And it obviously paid off where they went with the experienced guy over Rangel and Gundy. And Oklahoma State lost that game. Um, so that, that's, that's worth mentioning too. Cowboys lost 34-27. to 27, But the offense looked functional at least. Um, they, they decided to just go with Bowman, go with Gordon. And even though it didn't necessarily work out in that moment, like we said, the Cowboys lost. That was obviously the right move going forward. I think that Iowa State game was the first time I can remember this season seeing the Cowboys with a true identity. And it was, you know, they went to Ollie Gordon. He had that big run to kind of get that game started. Um, and it wasn't perfect, right? The Cowboys lost and the, the defense was, was struggling there in Ames. But the offense, it looked, it looked functional. It looked like it had an identity. And I really pinpoint that as the start of what the Cowboys uh, run, like where that came out of. Uh, I think that's that's kind of the... The place it started was in Ames. Yeah. Um, and, and Bowman had 278 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks in that game. So not great, but not awful. But yeah, when now we write all the stories about Ollie Gordon, that's where you go back on, on his stat sheet and start counting up streaks of 100-yard games and all of that. Um, and now, Ollie Gordon now has finished the regular season with a nation-high 1,580 rushing yards. Um, and he has two games to go. So I imagine um, unless something crazy happens, he'll, he'll finish the year as, as the nation's leading rusher. Um, the number two guy is Cody Schrader from Mizzou, who's about 100 yards behind. So um, 
I think Ollie Gordon's right now a, a Doak Walker, um, certainly probably a finalist and probably the favorite right now. Um, but like I said, it all it all started in Ames, and that was the first decision. Ben, the Cowboys found an identity in Ames, and you know, with that kind of the decision made around that time was to simplify the running game. Once, once, once you see, hey, Ollie Gordon's going to be the guy who gives us the best chance to win. I think OSU at that point said, now how do we structure our offense around Ollie Gordon? And the solution to that was getting rid of the side to side stuff, getting rid of all the bells and whistles. And just handing the ball to Ollie Gordon downhill. And that really changed kind of the way, obviously, Ollie Gordon um, ran, like, was successful. I mean, he had 18 carries um, against Iowa State. And he had 19 the first three games. So you can tell that's when they committed. And uh, they just said, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to model our offense around Ollie's, Ollie's running style. That's right. And then it's translated all the way to at least Thanksgiving week when we asked Gundy, you know, hey, what are you most thankful for? And Gundy said, oh, probably when we figured out how to run block. And that's what it was. The Cowboys simplified. Um, and then the the byproduct of that was opening up holes for, for the nation's leading rusher. There just wasn't a ton of rushing room against Central Arkansas, against Arizona State, uh, certainly not against South Alabama for those guys. Um, so it, it has been night and day. Um, kind of since that Iowa State game, which the Cowboys lost, but they uh, they found an identity there that has has really carried this team. This team would wax the Week One team that Oklahoma State trotted out. It to me is it's not even a question. Um, which is which is you, you can say that pretty much about any team that they'd beat them, but I, this team the way that it's improved and gone from I mean they did not look great against Central Arkansas or Arizona State. Um, and, and obviously the South Alabama loss was, was big, but um, th- this team has really improved. Sometimes I've been a little, uh, it, it's been questionable because you'd think this team's improved and then they go get beat so bad in Orlando. But by and large, the roller coaster has gone, it's been up. There's been hills and, and valleys to this, but it's been on a, a pretty uh, steep ascent overall. That's right. And I mean, what, what about that, that game in Houston? Sam, that was, I think, a real turning point where you mentioned Orlando. And Houston, the first half, kind of felt like Orlando again. Mike Gundy said, if, if I looked up, and, and I thought it was going to start raining because it just felt the exact same way uh, until Trey Rucker came up with that pick six. That, I mean, if you want to circle a singular play that kind of changed the definition of the season or changed the outlook of the season, that's got to be the one. Yeah, I think that's fair because. To contextualize, you know, the Cowboys had come off a, a win against OU. That was obviously the high of all highs for that team. And then to get smashed in Orlando, the, that Houston game was big to just find out, is this Oklahoma State team going to give everything away? Is it, is it going to crumble? And um, there are all the, the big wins that the Cowboys got against the Kansas teams and uh, West Virginia and all them. Is that just going to mean nothing? And for a while, it looked like that, probably till the Trey Rucker interception. And um, his pick of Donovan Smith there turned that game around. Um, it was a, Gundy said it was a huge culture win for the Cowboys. And I think that that game made Oklahoma State's comeback against BYU at least a lot more believable. Or in terms of, hey, they'd just done the same thing in Houston. And it was actually worse against BYU, the, the halftime deficit. And... Um, Rucker started a little before halftime in Houston, the comeback, but uh, 
those two big comebacks, I think it started in Houston with that Rucker pick. You're right. That's a really interesting point. I wonder if, if OSU can come back against BYU if they hadn't just done it at Houston. I mean, right? Like, if you've done it once, why not do it again? You I know. have that belief. Rashad Owens, he, uh, he, he already had the notes for his uh, halftime speech. That's what everyone talked about. They said both weeks he did it. Um, you know, he, he, he might have just given the same verbatim speech as he did in Houston. Um, it worked. So maybe he'll give it before the first half in, in Arlington. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just thought that uh, in, in, at halftime of BYU, the Cowboys didn't feel dead. And I think, um, at least to me, in the press box, I don't know if you felt the same way. And a lot of that was because, hey, this team just came back from a pretty similar situation a week ago. Yeah, it's, it's uh, two weeks in a row where the ESPN win percentage, you know, that, that's a fun graphic to look at at the end of a game, uh, has been down near the 90%. Against Houston, it was 87. And against BYU, it was like 91% in favor of the opposition. Um, and, and yeah, like, OSU was down 23-9 to in Houston. Houston had the ball. Going down to score before the half. Houston was getting the ball after the half. Um, and then that interception changed everything. And like we said, if, if OSU doesn't come back against Houston, who knows what happens against BYU? Um, it, it just kept the season alive. I, th- I think both of those plays were, were huge. You know, I'll tell you what, though. When, when you're a team like the Cowboys that have won a lot of close games, have come back, and you're pointing out individual plays that flip things, you have to, to sometimes take the hypothetical. And then the Cowboys, the win percentage in BYU was like 96% in the favor of the Cowboys. But then BYU uh, went right down the field in the blink of an eye and kicked a, a dagger of a game-tying field goal. So j- just think about if if overtime doesn't go the Cowboys' way or, you know, point to any one of those plays. If Leon Johnson can't draw that flag or, or Braden Gasty, he misses on that block and Gordon's tackling backfield. You just never know. But it's wild how, how different this podcast could be talking about of um, one play uh, against BYU would, would make the, the headline of this podcast something like Cowboys season ends in, you know, a disgruntled mess in, in, uh, in Stillwater against uh, a BYU team that's not very good and you just hand everything to OU. So it's, it's crazy, really with any football season, with any team, but especially the Cowboys. This ride over the last year, over the last three years with this team has, has just been one of, the crazier, one of the crazier rides in college football. Yeah, if, if OSU loses that game against BYU, we're talking about the drop from Corey Black that could have sealed the game. Yes. Or, yeah. Or the, the blocked PAT that would have put this one maybe out of reach, you know, going up four. Um, and, and maybe that's what you have to do to get to the Big 12 championship if you're OSU. You just have to win the close games. We saw TCU do it last season. Um, and look, it, maybe it evened out with the Horned Frogs this year. But to get to the Big 12 championship, to get to a huge game like the Cowboys have reached, and, and nobody's taken that away from them, you have to make those plays. Um, and you have to win at a razor's edge because as Mike Gundy tells us without fail every week there's so much parity in the Big 12 and I'm starting to kind of see that a little bit yeah for a team that's gone 7-2 in in the Big 12 that finished again 8th in total offense 8th in total defense it means you've won a lot of close games and then maybe that gets balanced out by you got smacked a couple times so the the UCF game does no favors for the points allowed points scored deal and uh, Oklahoma State's won a lot of close games to, to even that up but yeah 
that's um it, it is this team is fascinating and i think that's why i look forward to our next podcast in a couple of days when we talk about more in depth on the texas matchup because it's really hard to predict what that matchup's going to be i can tell you what it looked like on paper you'd think oh texas is doubling up the their opponents and the cowboys have not been doing that but it'll be it'll be fascinating to look into that where Texas's strength is his interior defensive lineman. One of its strengths. Texas has a few strengths, but we know the Cowboys' strength is pushing those interior D linemen out of the way, getting up and down, and letting Ollie Gordon run wild. So this will be a, a very interesting Big Twelve Championship game. And we'll, uh, I guess, get a tiny bit into that. We'll give you the sneak peek of our preview, Sam, with our two minute drill. I'm gonna. It's gonna be a fill in the blank kind of question. Which OSU player needs to play well? In order to to beat Texas, center Joe Mikulski, and um, he 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 actually left the game uh, against BYU for a little bit, uh, so th- that would have been a huge loss for the Cowboys. He's been he's been really good this year for Oklahoma State, um, but he returned, played in overtime. Um, remember, in overtime, the Cowboys ran the ball a lot, gave it to Ollie Gordon, um, so relied on those big guys up front, and then Texas has two huge defensive linemen. Two of the best guys in the country. I think Sark said today, I saw a quote, he hopes maybe one of them wins Big 12 Player of the Year and one of them wins Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. And that's reasonable. Um, so <laughs> Gundy said Texas always has guys like that. And uh, we'll get more into that matchup. But man, Joe Mikulski, the center, who will be uh, staring those two guys in the face all uh, all day on Saturday, he has his work come out, cut out for him. I'm going to go a little bit more chalk, Sam. I'm going to say Alan Boatman. Just because in 2021, you know, Spencer Sanders threw four interceptions. That's, that's, that's almost uncomebackable. And the yeah. Cowboys still were able to come back on the strength of that vaunted defense. I don't think the Cowboys defense is going to be uh, as, as tight this season uh, in this championship game. I expect uh, Quinn Ewers to get loose a little bit to, to make some passes and plays. So, Alan Bowman's going to have to uh, keep the ball out of the Longhorns' hands and, uh, and, and not repeat a Spencer Sanders performance from 2021. That's a good call. And Ben, another question I want to ask you. You were at the Oklahoma State, I don't know, pop-up party tailgate scene last night checking out the, the student village. What was the wildest thing you saw last night from the, we counted what, 140 tents um, from, from students lining up to claim tickets? The wildest thing I saw was was Ollie Gordon drop a pass. There was a student Sam <laughs> who who threw Ollie Gordon a pass. He he had a, a paddle in his hand. He was doing interviews. Um, and, and a student uh, throws that throws Ollie Gordon a pass, and Ollie dropped it. Uh, so maybe that's a, a bad sign for for the Big Twelve Championship game. But I don't think so because Ollie Gordon's not going to be running around in uh, slides and you know no pads and. 20 degree weather uh in AT&T Stadium. So, it was it was a fun night um out there hanging out with the students and stuff and and certainly you saw a little bit of everything out there. What did you see? The wildest thing I saw was probably the guys with the full DJ table set up. I'm not exactly sure how they even got electricity out just on the under the um kind of where the the Gallagher-Iba entrance is on under the overhang, but it was a couple guys from Beta and they had a whole DJ set up. So, they were entertaining the crowd uh, until Ollie Gordon came in with the boombox over his shoulder, and then uh, their music kind of got drowned out. But yeah, there were uh, plenty of crazy sights and sounds from from that uh, pop up party. No doubt. 
Well, we're going to be back next week, of course, uh, or later this week, I should say, to preview Texas and tell you all about uh, what the horns look like this year. It's going to be different from what you saw in Boone Pickens Stadium last season, so stay tuned for that. If you like anything that you hear, uh, be sure to subscribe, like, hit us with a review, comments, anything. Maybe tell us what play you think defined or changed the Cowboys season this year, and we'll look forward to reading and responding there. As always, thanks to the folks who help us out behind the scenes here, Jacqueline Musgrove, Michael Martin, Michael Lane, for all that they do for this show in selloutcrowd.com. 